Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Welcome to every Arizona homeowner's happy place. At Rosie on the House, we're here every Saturday morning to inform, protect, and entertain you on each and every topic having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin, whether it's remodeling, repair, or maintenance. From the foundation, the bottom of the foundation to the top of the rooftop, if you've got anything you'd like to do with your Arizona home, give us a call this hour, and we'll put our 48 years of building and remodeling Arizona homes to work for you. one 767 4348 No matter where you are in the state of Arizona, no matter what you want to do, chances are I've been there and I've probably already tried it a time or two. Let me put my experience to work for you. It's free. Where else would you get that kind of information for free? You can also Join the Rosie on the House Club, become an insider. Go to therosieonthehouse.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Take a look at our website. Our website right now has some upcoming events across the state of Arizona. One in particular I'd like to bring up. On June 9th, there's the Yarnell Memorial Run. June 10th. June, uh, the, run, the run is June 10th. Thank you. The, the, the uh, deadline for registration is June 9th. So the run is June 10th in Yarnell, uh, one of the larger uh, wildfires in Arizona, claimed 19 lives from the Yarnell Hot Shots. Uh, and this is a memorial run uh, to, to, to honor them. So take a look at it. Uh, take a look at the calendar. We also got Sholo Days. Mesquite Bean Milling, and First Friday Wildfire, Wildflower Walks, all right there on the website. We're here to answer any question you might have. You can join us by dialing one 767 Let me add one more. Okay. If you like to fish, free fishing all day today at any public water in Arizona. That's all and day today, any location. Free fish day. What, what do you mean? I, I've never paid to go fishing. Well, license. You, you don't need, need a license, license to, finish, uh, to fish in Arizona. So it's yeah. a free license day. Yeah. No, free, you don't need a license That's to fish That's what I mean, license-free day. Right, license-free day. <laughs> That's it, to fish. We got it straight. <laughs> I did have one piece of follow-up from last hour. We oh. were talking about remodeling yes. and the fact that it creates a lot of dust. And uh, Chuck Knight called just to say one one little uh, hack for that is to change your filter several times during a remodel. So uh, I thought that was a good tip. Yeah, definitely. And and most remodelers are bringing on-site HEPA filters to kind of treat the area in the masked off protected uh, dust screened area. Uh, but it it and generally speaking, when we're done with the remodel, we'll go in and clean all the ductwork and the air conditioning system before we turn it all back on. So we're leaving the home as clean or cleaner in many times than we even found it at the start of the remodel. So changing that filter through those dusty periods is a great tip. Thanks, Chuck Knight from Knight Air Conditioning, Rosie's certified partner who just happens to be listening this morning. Here we are at the start of summer. I've mentioned it a couple weeks in a row. Everybody keeps calling us surprised 
but uh, the utility companies charge a different rate for their electricity in the summer. Summer rates have started. You've got to be smart about how you're using your electricity right now. So APS is even sending out notices in their letter, pre-cooling, the key to summer savings. We call it super cooling. We've been advocating it, promoting it, and teaching it for two decades. If you're paying more than 13 cents a kilowatt for your electricity, you're not buying electricity as smart as you could. A lot of utility companies, a lot of municipalities are announcing the fact that they're going into hearings right now to raise water and sewer rates. So now would be the time to take a hard look at that landscaping plan you've got. And do you really need the amount of gallons used and consumed on your lot that you have historically? Or can some strategic landscaping changes or irrigation changes reduce the amount of water you use if we this kind of bittersweet if every homeowner in maricopa county could save 10 percent of the water they use in a year we would have enough water for another one million people and not even have to worry about where it's going to come from just everybody save 10 percent so you're saying I should use 20% more than I am? Oh, that's one, that's one way to look at it. Everybody increase their consumption 20%. We've got no room for you to come in. Oh, man. You know, one really great way to keep informed about water usage is the little app from AMWA. And you just uh, text 33222, and then each week they So send that's not an app. That's a text. I'm sorry, a text. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, they'll text you in, like a little newsletter each week to say, hey, like this June is historically the driest month. And so make sure your plants are getting enough water is, is their tip this month. But a lot of times they'll say, hey, we've had too much rain. Be sure you back off. They just kind of – it keeps it top of mind. I love it. And what does not get talked about enough, water use is – or water savings is energy savings and energy savings is water savings. When you turn on the faucet, turn the water, there's a lot of electricity that's required to pressurize the plumbing systems and your pipes to get to your home. And before that, the water had, in a lot of cases, got pumped to someplace, and it gets treated. A lot of money goes into that. And when you're turning on your light to use electricity, that electricity was generated by water in most cases. Now, there's some combustion when you're talking... uh, you know, your coal burnt, uh, I'm sorry, your natural gas and uh, diesel generator. But still, the process in mining that gasoline takes a lot of water. So in every case, water savings is energy savings and energy savings is water savings. The two go very well hand in hand. And Rosie was talking about pre-cooling. Well, if you're an APS customer and you get their newsletter, they even had... Well, what did this come out on Wednesday? Have you tried pre-cooling? And pre-cooling is what we call um, super cooling. So it's it's they they just called it something different, but super cooling something we've talked about almost twenty years, and it's now becoming uh, part of the messaging that the utility companies are trying to educate the homeowners to as well. And I was given a lot of a lot of grief by um, environmentalists when I launched this program because they were 
blaming me for being an energy hog. But I'm telling you, if you study this and apply it properly, this is the greenest thing you can do. It, the utility companies love it. Mother Earth loves it. You, once we produce electricity, we've got to do something with it. Consume it when it's easy to manufacture and the demand is low. So I'm, I'm glad that I've been um, proven to be, and I'm not an environmentalist, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a card-carrying conservationist. There's a big difference. Okay. I won't say any more about that. <laughs> it's the open home hour open to you the Arizona homeowner whatever you want to talk about your home castle or cabin one 767 4348 that's 1-888 Rosie for you last hour we were talking about Regal Kitchen and Bath well our on the house hour next week we're going to talk about how to accomplish that financially with our brand new partner that we're going to welcome Welcome aboard. Introducing our newest trusted Rosie Certified Partner to the award-winning Rosie on the House Certified Partner Network. Today we welcome Tamara and Ryan of Team Tri Fairway Independent Mortgage. Uh, y'all have something uh, kind of new to the mortgage industry as it relates to home improvement. Welcome to Rosie on the House. Yeah, so we are Team Try Buy, Renovate, Refi. And so we do uh, residential mortgages. We uh, do traditional purchases and refinance, but we have a specialty in something called renovation loans. It allows uh, people to finance the entire cost of renovations right into their first mortgage. Yeah, what we really like about it is it, it gives the opportunity to see a house that you might not be interested in fixing up yourself. You might love the area, but not necessarily what's going on inside. And being able to look at it and say, well, what if you could get exactly what you wanted with this house? with this loan. So, you know, replacing flooring, a new paint job, kitchen, bathroom, backyard, it just gives you access to the financing for it instead of just making you pull cash out of your pocket or ask for a personal loan or avoid the house at, at all costs. It's amazing for that. Or some people, instead of uh, maybe downsizing or upsizing, they could just rework the floor print of their existing home, whether it's an add-on or a second-story addition, or uh, rework it just to live in a smaller section of it so that you can stay in the area you like without having to move. Yeah, absolutely. We like to, to tell people when we talk to them, it's kind of like the show on HGTV, Love It or List It. It essentially gives you the option, yeah, to you know, change the house that you already live in, or maybe you have a lot of property in an area and you can do an accessory dwelling, like guest house. Maybe you want your parents to move in. Like there's so many options. If you can think it, you can usually do it. And one of the interesting things about the renovation loan is you don't do it on the appraised value of the home today. It's the appraised estimated value of what the home will be after the improvements. That's correct, yes. It's the after improved value. And so one of the very first things that we do in starting the loan process, uh, the buyer gets the bid, they choose their contractor, we order the appraisal and the appraiser gets a copy of the bid. And the appraiser goes to the house, with the bid in hand and looks at it and says, okay, the house is what it is right now, but subject to a new kitchen, new flooring, uh, maybe added square footage. And this is what the house is going to be worth. So they're gonna pull comps based on the, the homes that are most similar to what the house is going to be when it's done. We get to use that value 
value for the loan. So that's really unique to this program too. How does somebody get a hold of Team Try? At teamtryhomeloans.com. And you can find Team Try in the finance category at rosyonthehouse.com. Welcome to the team. Thanks. Thank you. And you can join us next Saturday as they'll be in studio. So if you've got a question about your home finance or you're looking at trying to accomplish some stuff around your home, castle, or cabin, it doesn't just have to be for remodels. It can be used for roof repair, air conditioning replacement, etc. They'll be in studio next Saturday. As for this Saturday, we've got David in Phoenix who's got a design from an architect but can't get a permit from his local municipality. We'll take his call right after this, along with yours, one 767 4348 You tell all your friends that I am the man to see Baby, I'm your handyman We are your handyman. We are your happy place. If you're an Arizona homeowner, we're here every Saturday morning to answer any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Let's bring David into the conversation, who has a particular project he's trying to get done. Good morning, David. Good morning. Thank you for all that you do with uh, answering people's questions. Well, we try. What are you up to today? (laughs) Well, some time ago, we wanted to add on to our house, and I got a Rosie certified architect, put together the drawings, submitted them last year and nothing seemed to have been happening in the city of Phoenix. Uh, About a month ago, he finally got an email from the city saying that uh, the pre-log is available, he can pay for the permit now. And he sent that info to me and said, I'm surprised because a month after I submitted your prints, I submitted prints for another place and they're already framing and they were just barely getting to the pre-log and I still haven't got anything for a permit. What do I need to do or what's going on? How can this type of situation be resolved? Whoo! Too many more unanswered questions there. Um, are you in a historic designated area? No. Then you, you got lost in the bureaucracy. There's, there's, I don't think there's any other excuse I could come up with in my experience. Uh, you submitted for the permit last calendar year 2022 yeah uh, last year was when the drawings from the architect rosie certified architect he submitted the drawings yes whoo david i have no idea i I'd, i'd have to call whoever that is uh find out what the issue is the fact that he's had other plans go through and they're in framing uh, I'd have to dig into more of that. Uh, and then I'd just have to talk to a couple contacts at City of Phoenix and say, what what happened here? Because um, I mentioned last hour that sometimes permits can, can take 15 minutes and I can pull them on the Internet uh, online. And sometimes they can take months and months and months. But I will hand this to City of Phoenix. City of Phoenix, generally speaking, is pretty darn reliable on turning their inspections and their plan checks over reliably pretty quick. So David, I'm going to ask you to stay on hold. I'm going to get your name and number, and I'm going to dig into this myself next week to find out what in the world happened. That's, that's crazy. I, my, I, I would have blown my top about 
end of February if I had submitted plans in 2022 and still did not hear. Most cities will grant you an opportunity to watch the progress. It's in plan check. It's out for second review. It's in engineering. It's in the permitting process. And you can kind of track it online as to where it's going to. I'm stumped. I don't have an answer for you, but I promise you, I'll dig into it next week and I'll find an answer for you so that I will know from the future if we ever get stuck like that, what might have possibly caused that. Man, oh man. one 767 That's one 888 for you if you'd like to join the conversation. Eric wants to know about our recirculating pump. We're talking water heaters here. Eric, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, um, we have a solar hot water here way at the far end of the house, and our shower is at the far end of the house at the other end, and it is takes like at least a minute or two for the hot water to come on. Should I put in a pump, or I don't know what to do? Sure can. <clears throat> and you just have a traditional tank water heater, correct? Well, it's solar. But, uh, yeah. I have... Just a, I have a traditional solar hot water here that I put in a long time ago. Yeah, so there's a solar element, but the the heater itself, yeah, it's it a tank, and it's got 40, 50, 60 gallons of water water that it keeps heated. 80 gallon. Okay. So you have plenty of water. We've just got to get the hot water to the point of use when you're ready for it. And the way a recirculating pump works is it goes on to the water heater. It You attach it to... The supply side coming out of the water heater, so after it's hot. Now, we always recommend making sure that's on a timer because if it's running all the time, you end up using a lot of electricity and a lot of that you don't need because you're obviously not using your water heater all the time. So the timer, you can set it to come on a half hour before you generally take your shower or a half hour before you start cleaning, cooking, doing meal prep, whatever the case may be. And what it does is it turns on and it circulates that water that's hot from your water heater through your hot water lines that haven't been used for 6, 8, 12 hours that are all cooled off. So as soon as you turn on it that uh, and ask for hot water, it's already supplied because the pump and the timer has filled that water line back up. Great option. All of our plumbers install them. Uh, water recirculating pump. Great idea for point of use hot water when you need it. Was it third of June, another sleepy, dusty delta day? I was out chopping cotton and my brother was baling hay. Certain generation of DJs celebrate today as the day Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Oh, boy. How'd that go for him? (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm so happy about that. Number one hit for Bobby Gentry, who's basically disappeared from the public. Okay. She's still alive, but just didn't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, she'd probably talk about it every anniversary. Yeah. Not talked out, that's for sure. You can join the conversation at one 767 4348 That's one 888 for you Text questions can be sent to 411-923. And it's not always a question. Our last texter said, good morning. Don't have any questions today. Just wanted to wish you a very happy June. Thank you. 
And thanks for spending your Saturday morning with Rosie on the house. Each week in our open home hour, our 10 o'clock hour, we like to cover some weekly home maintenance element that you can then take to your Rosie on the House Home Zada account. And if it applies to your home, uh, you can execute the task and complete it or assign the task to someone else in the family to complete, assign it to a contractor to complete. And it just helps keep up with the little maintenance items. Sometimes it's as simple as replacing an air filter like we talked about earlier this hour, but that was more in regards to doing it during construction. Well, you should also replace it every single time you pay your electric bill is what we recommend at least once a month. Now, there are new filters that can go up to six months, but most of the homes still have uh, slots for just a one-inch air filter. And those one-inch ones, we want to do about uh, once a month. If you're living in the home regularly, yeah, you leave for the summer, uh, you're not using it, the doors in and out, well, that's a different case. But for most people, once a month. Now, you can set up the tasks as reoccurring. If it is a monthly task, you can set them up as biannually. Uh, some tasks only require every four or five or seven years. You can set that up. Sometimes it may just be a one-off task. Whatever the case may be, our weekly to-do, and today kind of jumps off uh, onto a different subject, a broader subject, not just one, but it's National Safety Month, and that's what our article in our newsletter talks about, all the different elements of safety around your home, castle, or cabin. Emergency Starting off with... Emergency preparedness. You know, uh, be aware of, you know, have the family aware of of uh, what an emergency could be and you know just ahead of the monsoon season here that's probably one of the prime times you need a little emergency preparation what do you and all your family know to do if the power goes out where are the flashlights how how new and fresh are the batteries how recharged are they where are we going to do for drinking water and uh, just kind of put a little plan together be prepared Boy Scout model. If we do have power outages, or when we do have power outages, most of them are around this time of year in the summer. Not necessarily, it's not a California-type situation where there's rolling blackouts. It's usually uh, trees falling down and taking power lines with them. Uh, lightning hits a transformer, and we've got some repair work. It's storm-related issues that knock out areas of our uh, areas of service and occasionally your home may be in one of those situations the utility companies in arizona are very good uh, usually the powers back up within minutes if not hours the the longest i remember goes back probably close to 10 years now where the transformer that got taken out the the replacement one had to get trucked over here from California and the transformer was so big <laughs> they actually had to have construction crews go ahead of the semi that was pulling it across I-10 and make the temporary bridges for it to cross and they had plenty of time because it was so heavy the semi could only go about three and a half to five miles an hour depending on which direction the wind was blowing and it was the news reports were so funny because they would show this track it they, they would show aerial pictures of the helicopters following it and you couldn't even tell it was moving hardly it was like a santa claus tracker and, that, and i think that was like seven to ten days maybe at the most so the the 
we're in a state where we've got a very good infrastructure for utilities and power, but they do happen, and being prepared when those uh, occasional times come is part one, emergency preparedness. Going into our storm season, what we call the monsoons here, is when the majority of that is uh, does apply. And it doesn't always have to happen in your home. Have your vehicle prepared as well. If you have to sit on the side of a freeway, and if I say on the side, get off, but uh, – Make sure your vehicle isn't one that can, you know, you go only go off as far as the shoulder as your vehicle can handle. The wind storms and the dust storms, you know, there can be occasional times where your visibility drops to zero. And, you know, the, the nice thing about it, whether it's storm or waiting for a flood, they don't last that long. If you can just be prepared and hang out for a couple hours, the storm's gone, the flood water's down, and then you can continue on your way. Absolutely. So you can find that at uh, rosyonthehouse.com. If you're a Rosie Insider, you you received the email newsletter on Thursday, and it was embedded and included in that. So you'll get those weekly letters kind of tipping you off on things to be ready for coming up in the future. Other items in that article talk about slips and falls, heat-related illnesses, uh, fire drills, Updating your first aid kit. Uh, there's even a little section in there on uh, you know, self-defense preparedness. There you go. Oh, I feel a little beat up today, I'll tell you. I uh, I got slapped around last week by more than a couple people. Not me. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, it was one week I didn't get slapped by. <laughs> what? No. Boys, no. help me. No, no. <laughs> uh, Gary, but, quit laughing. But, but, but several Roth partners... We're reaching out to me last week, kind of roughing me up. I have, for the last couple of weeks, been shouting from the rooftops with the air conditioning checkup season going on now. There are going to be many unscrupulous air conditioning contractors that are trying to sell parts and pieces to that piece of equipment you don't need. Okay? Uh, and one of the first things they'll try and sell you is a hard start kit or a compressor saving switch. And a homeowner reached out to me and says, well, Rosie, I've got one of your Rosie certified partners here at the house right now trying to convince me to install a hard start kit. I'm not telling you you shouldn't have one. I'm just telling you it's one of the places the unscrupulous air conditioning contractors will use to try and get into your pocket. And here's how you tell. If your unit has been working fine, if it's a newer unit and it's one of the high-efficiency units, it comes with a hard start kit, okay? Know that. If it's a scroll compressor, you don't need one. You don't need a hard start kit. And if they're trying to, the national average for a hard start kit is $368. If some technician is at your house telling you, you need a hard start kit and they're charging you 450 550 650 i've seen 725 for a hard start kit you have the wrong air conditioning contractor servicing your equipment they're not technicians they're commissioned salesmen and arizona particularly phoenix arizona has become the number one place that investors come in and buy air conditioning companies and then they convince their technicians we're going to quit paying you hourly we're going to start paying you commission 
You get to that house and you find something that unit needs or you find something you can sell. This is a Rosie on the house, genuine, authentic warning to you all from my heart. All right? You want a technician on the job, not a salesman on the job. And that just, so hard start kits, very well. They do save your compressor. There are many applications for them. But the national average to install one is $368. I thought you were going to talk about your statement on driveways when you were talking getting beat up. Oh, I got we beat had, up. I got beat up on that too. <laughs> we had a caller last week. Now, a little follow-up to that. We were talking about what to use material-wise for his driveway. And Rosie talked about pavers. Homeowner turns out to have a quarter of a mile stretch <laughs> of road. And I don't, we, a quarter mile of pavers for your driveway would probably cost more than the house and the lot is worth together. That's, that's not what we were talking about. Your, your typical driveway from the street to your garage, you know, maybe 60 feet, maybe 100 feet, maybe 200 feet, whatever the case. We weren't talking, <clears throat> what's a quarter of a mile? Divide it, you know, 5,000. That's 15,000 square feet of pavers. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on how much grading needs to be done, at $8 to $10 a square foot, it, it's a $150,000 driveway. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the other feedback we got, and uh, this one actually comes from our complaint manager, resolution quality control manager, Brad, said, <clears throat> our home, our street has a lot of deciduous trees, and during the fall when they fall off, they can be a pain in the neck to clean them out of the pavers. Uh, so that's one element, and then obviously over time, in between the paver that's still, cracks. That still doesn't change my mind. Uh, you know, you could end up having one more place. You know, every one of those little lines could be one more place that weeds could start coming up. That, that still doesn't change my mind. And then the biggest one he said. Rosie and he, two, Brad zero. <laughs> and he spent, I'm keeping score. He spent his years in the trades primarily in air conditioning. And he said, we can't park a crane on pavers. And if you've got a crane up situation and... He was talking in air conditioning, but there's a lot of uses for a crane. Uh, one of our new partners, the Urban Shed Concepts, has a picture right now that they're on their social media of a crane hoisting a shed over a home into the backyard. Well, if you notice, the crane is not on the driveway. It's on the landscape because you can't park that crane on the pavers. They weren't designed for that kind of weight load. So you need a different kind of crane that can come from the street, which is a much bigger crane and comes with a much bigger cost for that uh, get to, for, for whatever job that is, whether you're moving air conditioning or you know, there could be a situation you're moving pallets over the roof that have equipment for a new pool you're putting in or whatever project you have going on in the backyard, just all depending on the access. So it could be a limiting factor in equipment to your yard. Three valid points brought in by a very well, very well respected tradesman that's been here in the valley his whole life. I still say pavers. <laughs> all those considerations. At 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 the time you need a crane at your house once every ten years, <laughs> park it on the street and pay for the bigger crane. But 
I would do pavers every single time. Every single time. In all due respect. When but we're not talking 14,000 square but, feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the homeowner in that instance wanted to know about asphalt. Well, and I told them, you won't get an asphalt contractor to come do a residential driveway. The equipment's just too expensive and just too cumbersome. But I didn't know. We were talking about a quarter of a mile. That you'll find an asphalt company that'll come do a quarter of a mile driveway. So that could still be a real possibility for them. Welcome back to the final segment of Rosie on the House. Hope you've enjoyed your morning. Hey, I wanted to just uh, give a little comment to a, a, a gal who emailed us today, and she sent us um, a couple of estimates. You know, Rosie often will um, offer to look at estimates if someone's confused and doesn't have anybody to help them uh, cipher. cipher things. And so, um, but the, the um, category she was asking about was roofing and none of them were our roofers <laughs> so i all i was able to do was send her a link to we have a great consumer guide on how to choose a contractor we have several specific ones and roofing is one of them so i sent those to her and um, those will be very helpful to her but what's even more helpful is if you do choose somebody off of our network you have rosie's name on them and you have all of us you know to talk to to call if you have a question or if there's ever any kind of you know late um, communication. We're, we answer the phone every day, and you're gonna you're gonna find a live body to help you through anything. So I can't comment on people we don't know. No, we don't. And so if you want, you know, a specific and Rosie does continuing education. I mean, you know all about the different things that are, and we rely on our guys that we trust to to keep us informed. So, so homeowners, I can't issue an opinion on contractors we haven't vetted. So. Um, Asking us to give you an opinion of two quotes from contractors I don't even know. Um, we don't we don't go there. Okay, join the club. Join Rosie on the house. Uh, become an inside member at Rosie on the house. We're here to inform you. We're here to protect you. And Jennifer says go to the Rosie on the house referral directory and find a contractor. I have something very 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 important to say. Go often and make sure they are still a member of the network. We have, in our 25-year history, had to ask members to leave because they're not keeping up with the standards that got them into the network. And very often that revolves around a change of ownership. We had a meeting this week where seven companies in our network have changed owners and five of the new owners showed up to find out, okay, what do we have to do to keep the certification? So if you're using Rosie on the House Partners, please go to the website and make sure they are still a current member. Please. It's what we do. We protect you. But we can't protect you if you're not taking active role in protecting yourself. All right, David, next on the line, wants to join the conversation, one 767 That's one 888 rosie for you Good morning, David. What are you working on today? 
I'm not working on anything today, but I've been <laughs> driving by my neighborhood, and there's a house that got stuccoed. It's a big house. It's a two-story, you know, probably 35, 3,800 square feet, and it got stuccoed start to finish and painted between Friday night and Sunday night. And I'm an older guy, and I seem to recall that you had to wait between stucco layers applications and you had to hose it down, let the salts leach and all this kind of stuff. And I just wondered if there are new products out there and that is, uh, that is, uh, you know, just that guy's good fortune or if he's in for some problems down the road because the paint's going to start peeling or something like that. I don't know of a stucco product you can apply and paint that fast. There are synthetics, but even with the synthetics, um, I don't know what kind of problems that homeowner can anticipate, but I don't know of any stucco paint application that could be installed that close. Back, 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 back. Maybe I've got something to learn. And that'll be a great follow-up question that we can research with stucco renovations this week for our follow-up segment next Saturday during the broadcast and what our caller Dave is talking about when you apply any cement product, there's a, it, it never really dries. It hydrates, and it hydrates the entire life of its existence. It, it never fully dries. There's always moisture w- working its way through the material. And in the first couple weeks, that's the most critical time. That's where most of the hydration occurs. And as that happens, minerals come to the surface. And if you don't wait for the majority of that hydration to occur before you put these products on it, like paint, primer, etc. It just deteriorates the life of that finished application. So there's a very good chance, especially if this gentleman, this neighbor, uh, you know, used a the system we're familiar with. We don't know if there's a new one uh, where it takes several weeks for it to hydrate. And he painted it somewhere between, you know, what sounds like 24 and 36 hours after the stucco went on. It's going to be a year, maybe two. You're going to start to see uh, all the imperfections and the paint starting to fade in color. And it's it's going to be pretty expensive. If you see a for sale sign go up on that home pretty quick, <laughs> you know they were just trying to slap lipstick on a pig to sell it for the most amount of money and pass the problems on to the next homeowner. Well, there you go. How can we end on a nice note? <laughs> Listen, don't be afraid. Tune in next Saturday and that's learn right. the proper application. That, that's right. Don't be afraid. We're signing off right now for a week, but we're always at rosyonthehouse.com. We're here for you, the Arizona homeowner, to give you the right information, the right time, every time. Rosie on the house. Y'all have a blessed week.